Welcome to the Way Fellowship Church of Dallas podcast series. Please enjoy this message by our own senior pastor, Tavares Gardner. I was literally uh, locked up most of the day in my office, uh, asking the Lord, what should I present to his people? And I'm still... Uh, he's still leading me to encourage the saints. Uh, many of us are quarantined. Again, many of us, we are uh, locked in our houses. Some of us have even lost jobs. And, and it looks, the situation looks very dismal right now. But I want to tell you there's good news. That all is not lost and that Jesus is still on the throne. And that he is aware, as I said on Thursday night, of everything that is going on. Everything about your life has already been recorded. Even this event that we are in now as a whole nation, this was already recorded and God has already recorded how he's going to take care of us even during this. I can't nobody say nothing. So touch your neighbor and say, you need Christ and crises. I wish somebody would type that on YouTube. I have Christ in my crisis. Come on here. And the only way you're going to make it is if you have Christ in the middle of your crisis. Because he will take care of his righteous ones. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That is the word of the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. I wish I had somebody say amen on that. That is the word of the Lord. All right, if you have your Bibles, I know uh, people don't really bring actual Bibles anymore, but some of you at home, you might want to pull out your old real Bible today. Uh, some of y'all had that Bible. If you were like Big Mom, then my Big Mom, but she had the Bible sitting on the dining table, and you better not touch it. The big old white Bible. All right, if the word of the Lord is coming from Second uh, Kings chapter 19, 2 Kings chapter 19, I'm going to skip around. I've highlighted a few verses that I want to talk about. Um, 2 Kings chapter 19, 2 Kings chapter 19, 2 Kings chapter 19. Uh, my thought for a few moments, I'm not going to be long, just for a few moments, my thought, uh, my my spiritual father told me that if I have a thought, I can go all over the Bible. But if I have a sermon topic, I have to stay within the confines of that, that scripture. But my thought this morning is uh, <laughs> uh, deliverance from a dilemma. Deliverance from a dilemma. Deliverance from a dilemma. And we're going to read... Uh, we'll start at verse, uh, verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, those that are here. I want to thank our media team uh, for doing a, I mean, they have been working, 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 to make sure everything would be right for today because they know how I am. Everything has to be right. So they was up here late last night. They was up here... <laughs> Some other days, I mean, trying to make sure because I'm like, everything has to be right. Amen. So, will you clap your hands for uh, production team? And All right. Uh, 2 Kings 19, 
When King Hezekiah heard it, he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. Ooh, Jesus, did y'all hear that? He tore his clothes and went where? Into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over his household, Shebna, the scribe, and the older priest, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet. There are your two ingredients, the house of the Lord and the prophet of the Lord. When you are in a dilemma, you need the house of the Lord and the prophet. Oh, my God. That's a recipe for a miracle right there in your dilemma. That's your deliverance right there. Touch your neighbor. I know, I know, I know you're in the house. You're supposed to be quarantined. But uh, y'all, y'all more than six feet apart. Y'all, I mean, y'all close together right now in your house. But I wish you would touch your neighbor and say, that's my recipe for deliverance. The house of the Lord and a prophet of the Lord. All right, let's finish reading. They said to him, Hezekiah says, this is a day of extreme danger and distress. Did y'all hear that? This is a day of extreme danger and distress, of rebuke and chastisement and blasphemous and insolent insult. For children have come to birth and there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will heal the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria has sent to mock reproach, insult, and defy the living God and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. So raise your prayer for the remnant of his people. Everybody say the remnant of his people that is left. So the servants of the king Hezekiah came to Isaiah, my God. Isaiah said to him, say to your master, thus said the Lord, do not be afraid because of the words you have heard. I'm coming to tell somebody, y'all listening to the wrong news, but I'm bringing you good news from heaven's throne room. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid of the words that you have heard. Hallelujah. Come on here. Come on here. Come on. God said, which the servants of the king of Assyria have reviled and blasphemed me. God took it personal. Isaiah said to them, say to your master, thus said the Lord, do not be afraid because of the words you have heard. I'm telling y'all that are listening, that are watching by, uh, by YouTube, do not be afraid of the words that you have heard coming across this news media. Every five seconds the news is changing and people are getting discombobulated and confused and fearful. And I'm coming to tell you from heaven, from I'm coming as a prophet of God to tell you on today, do not be afraid of the words you have heard which, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have revived and blaspheme me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him so that he will hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own country. Let's read on down. Jump down to 19. Isaiah prophesies the destruction of the enemy. Isaiah prophesies the destruction of of the enemy, but the deliverance of the, of the dilemma that the children of Israel were in, the tribe of Judah. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, because if you back up to verse 14, Hezekiah received a, he received a letter 
Now, three times the enemy has come to him, but this time, uh, this third time, he receives a letter from the king of Assyria. And this time, he takes that letter and he comes into the house of the Lord and he spreads it at the altar. He spreads that letter from the enemy at the altar. And he begins to pray to God. And while Hezekiah is praying, Isaiah receives a prophetic word from the Lord while he's praying. I'm telling you, while you're praying, God is sending a word right now for your dilemma. I can't hear nobody say nothing. While you're praying right now, God is, has already released the word of the Lord to you for your deliverance, for your dilemma. So verses 14 through 19, Hezekiah begins to pray. And here comes the word of the Lord, verses 20. He says, then Isaiah, son of Amos, said to Hezekiah, saying, thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, your prayer to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin daughter of Zion has despised you and laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has wagged her head behind you. Whom have you mocked and reviled and insulted and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and heartily lifted your eyes against the Holy One of Israel by your messengers you have mocked, reproached, insulted and defied the Lord and have said with many chariots I have gone up to the heights of the mountain to the far recesses of Lebanon. I cut down its tall cedars and its choicest cypress trees. I entered its most distant retreat, its uh, densest forest. I dug wells and drank foreign waters and with the sole of my feet I have dried up all the defense and the streams of Egypt. Let's jump on down to verse 32. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Israel, of Assyria, he shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow here or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way he came, by the way he shall return and he shall not come into this city. Did y'all hear what the word of the Lord said? It shall not come into this city. It shall not come nigh me. Psalms 91. It shall not come nigh me. I shall only be a spectator. Come on here. It shall not come nigh me. I wish you would type on that on, 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 on that YouTube and say it shall not come nigh me. I wish I had some people in this room uh, that holler back at your boy and say it shall not come nigh me. Come on here. It shall not come nigh me. It shall not come nigh me because one of the names of God is Jehovah Maganunu and Jehovah Maganunu is he is my defense. I wish I had somebody that was told by Shonda Bohoshaya. He is Jehovah Maganunu. He is God our defense. I wish you would type your hallelujah that God he is my defense. He is my defender. He is my very present help in the time trouble holler back at your boy Jehovah Maganunu God my defense Woo. hallelujah I felt that thing right there look at your neighbor and say he will defend me he will carry us through he will see me through he will touch a neighbor and say he will see me through I don't have to worry I don't have to fret because the God I serve has never failed me yet he is my defense he is my rock he is my shield he is the great I am somebody shout glory I got that of my socorri under Bahasha. 
God said, you can listen to all the threats and hear all the threats she wants, but it ain't going to happen. Verse 34, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. What you got to remember is God always remembers and he keeps covenant. He made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that his people would always be protected so as long as they obeyed him. God said, I'm going to defend this city. Verse 35, and I got, to, I got to hurry up. My time is winding up. But I'm just excited for the word. Verse 35. And it came to pass. We can just stop right there. Touch your neighbor and say, my deliverance came to pass. Uh, don't matter how long it takes, but you just got to have some assurance uh, that your deliverance shall come to pass. Uh, and my bishop told me that there are no empty shells in God, uh, but all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Uh, but would you type in the YouTube stream and say, it shall come to pass. All right, let me, let me. Y'all sit down. Studio audience, y'all got to... And the word of the Lord said, and it came to pass. It didn't come to stay, but it came to pass. Woo, those of you that are quarantined, you feel like it came to stay. But I came to tell you, it, it can't stay here. It came to pass, and it came to pass. Let me read, come on, let me read this scripture now. And it all came to pass. For that night, whoo, the angel of the Lord went forth and killed 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the, the living arose early in the morning, behold, all the dead, they saw all the dead bodies. So the king Sennacherib that was talking all that yik yak, that yin yang. Talking all that. Talking about what you didn't did and what you gonna do and all this kind of stuff. Throwing all these threats, being boisterous, being prideful, being haughty, talking all that smack and couldn't do nothing. Because God blocked it. So Sennacherib, so Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned, just like the Lord said he would, and dwelt in Nineveh. But check this out, verse 37. And as he was worshiping in the house of his God, little G-O-D, the house of Nisroch, his God, little G-O-D, Adramalek and Sherezer, his sons, killed him in the middle of worship. And they escaped to the land of Armenia, or Ariat, and his other son became king instead. Whatever is trying to kill and threaten you, God will make sure he kills it before it kills you. Y'all didn't hear me what I say. Whatever 
is trying to kill you and buck up against you, I come to tell you that when you spread it before the Lord, God himself will send an angel to defend you. I can't hear nobody say nothing. And he will annihilate that very thing that is trying to wipe you out. Uh, I wish I had somebody say, God's going to kill it before it kills me. All right. I got a few minutes. And I'm going to do what this clock says. So... Deliverance from a dilemma. I want, you to give, I want to give you the definition of deliverance. Deliverance means release from captivity, slavery, oppression, or any restraint. Release from captivity. The word deliverance means release from captivity, slavery, oppression, or any restraint. Uh, another word for de- another uh, definition for deliverance means rescue from danger or any evil. Rescue from danger or any evil. Rescue from danger or any evil. Now the word dilemma, 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 dilemma means a usually undesirable or unpleasant choice. A usually undesirable or unpleasant choice. Uh, A difficult or persistent problem. A difficult or a persistent problem. A usually undesirable or unpleasant choice. And as I've been saying for these last two days, the two times that I've been on uh, on live, is that we are all in a situation. We are all in a situation. All of us have been affected and is being currently affected by what is going on in America. And so you are not the only one that is dealing with this issue. We are all affected by this. And I have a story to tell you. There's a, there's a, there's a story, there's a parable that God, that Jesus used in the book of Matthew 7, Matthew chapter 7, that talks about the storms. It talks about the two houses. There was a house that was built on rock. There was a house that was built on sand. And the storm came to the both of them. The storm came to the both of them, the righteous and the foolish. But whoever was righteous and built their house on the rock, Jesus Christ, who listened to his words, who obeyed his words and built their house upon the rock, even though the storm came and the wind came, it stood the test. Now, this is a test for all of us. Who, what foundation have you built your house upon? I don't care if you're righteous and holy. We're all going to be tested. We're all going to be tested. We're all going to be tested. Whether you're righteous or unrighteous, all of us are going to be tested. But do who do you have to lean on in the middle of your test? All right? So here we are. If you back up to chapter 18 of 2 Kings, you get the backdrop of what's really going on. King Sennacherib had already taken and deported Israel. Now, there was the northern kingdom, and then there was the southern kingdom. Israel was the northern kingdom. Judah was the southern kingdom. And uh, King Sennacherib had already deported and taken over Israel. Now he has come to Judah, and King Hezekiah is the king of Judah. And now he's coming up against the king of Judah and the people of Judah. And so, 
King Hezekiah has already rebelled early on against the king of Assyria. Years later, he comes again and sieges the city of Judah and has, and has the king and his people surrounded and under siege. Nobody coming in, nobody leaving out. They'll be in quarantine even in their own city. He has them backed in a corner. He has them backed in the corner. And many of us right now, it feels like we are backed in a corner. But let me tell you something. Something about boxing. In the boxing ring, while they are in the middle of the fight, there are people in the, in, in the boxing ring that call the corner man. And they're always encouraging you even while you're in the middle of a fight. They tell you, keep on going. Keep on going. I know you got hit. I know you're taking a lick. But keep on going. And you get a break. But come on over here and get a break. And we're going to refresh you. But you got to go back out in that fight because you can do this you can win the fight and I'm coming to tell somebody how to, you may be backed up in the corner but Jesus Christ is your corner man and you got the Holy Ghost and he's telling you I can't hear nobody say nothing and he's telling you that I got your back you ain't gonna fail you're gonna win because hallelujah he is a deliverer I'm telling you hallelujah we are more than conquerors would you jump up and tell somebody we are more than conquerors and because the greater one lives on the inside of me I'm gonna always win. Touch your neighbor said, I never lose. I always win because Jesus the Christ is my corner man and he's encouraging me even in the midst of the fight. So King Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, is this alright today? I feel my help today. I feel my help. I feel my help. I feel my help. I feel my help today. And so uh, the king of Assyria has the king of Judah and the, and the people of Judah backed up in the corner, backed up in the corner, backed up in the corner. And they're in a, a dilemma. Everybody say a dilemma. Uh, he has given the king, the king, uh, the king Hezekiah has stripped the church of its gold and its silver uh, and to try to satisfy King Sennacherib as if that's not enough. Uh, what more do you want? You're already messing with my money, Corona. Corona, you're already trying to take my money. I can't work like I want to, Corona. And all you hear now is Corona, Corona, Corona. Coronavirus. Corona, Corona. Corona. But do you hear the name of Jesus? Because I told y'all, the Bible says, hallelujah, that Jesus has been given a name that's above all names. And that that name, every knee has got to bow and every tongue has got to confess that Jesus is Lord. Touch your neighbor said, Jesus is bigger than Corona. Corona is a name. Jesus is a name that's bigger than Corona. Why y'all ain't saying nothing? She ain't running nothing. Yes, let her talk her dirty talks. Let her talk about what she gonna do and how much she gonna shut down everything. But I serve a God, hallelujah. I'm gonna spread it before the Lord. I serve a God who will kill Corona. Oh, I can't hear nobody say nothing. Hallelujah. You think Corona killing her, but God will annihilate Corona. Holler back at your boy and say he's a deliverer. So Hezekiah has given... He has stripped the temple of the gold and the silver. You've messed with his economy. He's given you his, he's given you economics, and you still ain't satisfied. 
the king's spokesperson begins to attack King Hezekiah, confidence. And I want you to understand that fear, that the mouth of the enemy, what he wants to do is to instill fear and attack your confidence. The Bible says in Hebrews, I believe, cast not away your confidence for it has great recompense of reward. And what the enemy is doing while you're listening to all of this news media is instilling fear inside of you. And that's why you need to cut that news off and start looking at the word of God, which will build your confidence. Because the Bible again says, cast not away your confidence for it has great recompense of reward. But you got to stay faithful to the word even in the midst of hell. The king's spokesperson begins to attack Hezekiah's confidence uh, as well as all the people. Uh, he wanted fear to grip them by his news. King Sennacherib used fear tactics to get them to lose hope and faith. And I'm telling you, this is what's going on in our country, in our nation. The news media, the news media is instilling fear to make us lose our hope and our faith in God. But touch your neighbor and say, I ain't going to lose no hope. I don't care how bad it gets. God is still on the throne and he ain't even got to pawn his throne to, to take care of me. I wish I had somebody right here. Touch your neighbor and say, he ain't even got to pawn his throne. All he got to do is take a break from the streets of gold and pay me up. So King Sennacherib, as I told you earlier, start talking all this noise, talking about his military victories and how he's annihilated kingdoms and just boasting. Just boasting with his big bad self. You just like the big bad wolf. Uh, Y'all remember the story of the little three little pigs? Uh, but there was one house, I can't nobody say nothing, that the big bad wolf could not blow down. You can huff, you can puff, but you can't blow this house down. You know why? Because the house was built on a rock. I can't hear nobody say nothing. The house was built on a rock. And he couldn't, I don't care how much the enemy huffs and puffs, if your house is built on Christ, Touch your neighbor and say, it won't fall. Now I got 18 minutes and I got to go. I want you to understand that the enemy will attack your confidence. The enemy will attack your confidence. But you got to have the word. You got to have the word to stabilize you in the midst of your dilemma. Because I'm, I'm telling you, God will and shall deliver us from this dilemma. Uh, he uses, the enemy uses threats and even facts. The enemy uses threats and even facts to get us to lose hope in our God. Yeah, I understand people are dying. People are losing money. Yes, that is facts. 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 But my Bible tells me in Psalms 20 and verse 7, some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But I will trust in the name of our, my Lord. I wish, I wish you would touch your neighbor. Just elbow your neighbor and say, some trust. what are you trusting in? You can trust in the things, but I trust in the God that made and created everything. I want you to touch your neighbor and say, I trust in God. In God put I my trust. Hallelujah. And never let me be put to shame because I put my trust in you. You need to write that scripture down. Psalms 20. And seven. Now, here is 
what bewilders me. In chapter 18, verse 36, back up one, one scripture. Verse 18, verse 36. While Sennacherib's people, his three little uh, midgets, militants, whatever you want to call them, three little demons, come talking noise to the children of God. On behalf, they were, he, Rapshika was really being the prophet of his God, Assyria, the king of Assyria. Uh, and so you do know that a prophet is a spokesperson for their deity. And so here comes Rapshika speaking on behalf of his king. Remember, Nishrach is their God. But while he was talking all that yik yak, the Bible says in verse 36, the people response to the news was silence. Everything that you hear does not merit a response. I wish I had somebody here. Everything that you hear does not merit a response. And so I'm quite sure that while Rabshika was talking all this yik-yak, I can't nobody say nothing, and the children of Israel were just, it probably bothered him a little bit because what the enemy wants is a reaction. And when you don't give a reaction from some bad news, then people don't know how to take it. Because the king had already told them, don't say nothing. I'm telling you, the king is trying to tell his people, don't say nothing, keep on praying. Do your talking in prayer. Don't talk to the enemy because the more you talk to the enemy, the more life you give it. And the more we talk about this epidemic, this pandemic that's going on, the more life we get to give to it. But the more we talk about Jesus, the more life and the more he begins to overshadow, come on here, what the enemy is trying to do. Change your talk. If you're going to talk, talk in prayer. Talk about the enemy in prayer, but don't talk to the enemy. Be silent. So again, we're in a similar situation where it seems like we're backed into a corner. We're in a dilemma. And it appears the facts are true. But let me tell you something. The truth is, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That's the truth. Facts say people are dying. Truth says, I shall live and, and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Facts say I'm going to lose my money. Mm. Truth says God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Not mine, his riches because I'm healed. And since I'm healed, I'm his responsibility. Touch the neighbor say it don't matter, it don't matter, it don't matter. Because truth, truth will override facts. The truth is the word of God. And it will always override facts. I don't care what the facts say. I don't care about them. Well, they said this. The news said this. What is God saying? What is God saying? 
God says I shall live and not die, but I also have to do what it takes from not dying. I can quote the truth all day long, but I got to align my mind with the truth and do what truth causes me to do to make that word come to pass. I can't hear nobody say nothing. Faith without works is dead. You can have faith and believe the truth, but you still got to work your faith. So they're telling you, wash your hands. Do this. Do that. If you want to live, you got to obey. That's just common sense, which is not very common in these times. And I'm telling you also, Proverbs 34 and 10 says, if you fight, if you buckle in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Now, Hezekiah and his boys, they tore their clothes because they were in distress. It's okay to be in distress, but you can't quit. It's okay. It's okay to feel a certain kind of way, but you can't give up hope in God. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. Touch your neighbor and say, it's okay to tear your clothes. It's okay to, no, don't tear them now. Keep your clothes on. Keep your clothes on. It's okay to feel distress, and it's okay to show a, a little emotion. It's okay to have a moment, but don't you let that moment become a lifetime. Let that moment become a period, not, not a comma, not a period. Period. All right? So here we are. It's almost similar how Rapshika was talking. It's almost similar to Goliath. Defying the armies of the God. And, 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 and uh, I'm telling you that this is the moments for the Davids to rise up and say, who is this uncircumcised virus, this pandemic that's trying to defy our God? Oh, come on. Our nation. Come on, I can't hear nobody say nothing. Uh, 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 and what it took for David, Saul, I, I know I'm jumping, that's why I said have a thought. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, what it took for David, hallelujah, some of you trying to use old ancient anointing, somebody else's armor to try to whip something. Uh, but I'm telling you, you need your own armor. God has already equipped you how to whip the devil. I can't hear nobody say nothing. You don't need Saul's armor. He, the Lord has left him a long time ago. So why would I want to put somebody else's armor when the Lord has left left them when God has already equipped me with my own rock and slingshot to kill the enemy. And so, King Hezekiah, he said, now you can imagine how this dilemma that King Hezekiah is in, he's like, this man, I didn't gave him I done stripped the temple of the gold and the silver. I've given him what he wanted. But what he really wants is me to surrender to him. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I don't care how much your threats are facts. My truth said he is a deliverer. 
my truth said God is a deliverer. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I can't hear nobody say nothing. He is my rock. He is my refuge. He is my very present help in the time. That's what the truth says. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. I don't care what your facts are. I don't care how much you talking all that noise, devil. You ain't running nothing because the last time I checked, God made you. Hallelujah. Woo! And he's given me authority over you because positionally how I'm seated with Christ and he has seated us positionally high with Christ who's over all principalities. Come on here. We are seated in heavenly places. I can't nobody say nothing. So that means since I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, I am on top of him and he cannot if, if oh my God if he's talking in my ear, that means you've allowed him to become too high. Because positionally we're seated above his throne. We're seated with Christ in the third heaven. Satan runs the first and the second heavens. I can't hear nobody say nothing. And since I'm in the third heavens, if he comes up talking in my ear, that means I have allowed him access to the third heavens. And he needs to be kicked down from talking in my, y'all, I wish I had some help in here. So Hezekiah said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to church. I'm going to the house of the Lord, and I'm going to spread it three times. He's been trying to threaten me. He's trying to threaten my livelihood. He wants to kill me as a king, as a king that the Lord has anointed and appointed. He wants to knock me out the way because I've been chosen by God. And he wants to knock out my influence. He wants to kill me and my heritage and my lineage. Ah. May I submit to you that the enemy wants to, he wants to knock out your whole lineage, hallelujah, because your lineage is blessed. You got to remember, Hezekiah was a great king. He was a, he was a king that worshiped and honored and revered God. And when you honor, revere, and worship God with your whole heart, hallelujah, and be obedient, God is obligated to rescue you in your dilemma. You got to remember that Hezekiah was a righteous king. Read it in chapter 18. So he goes to the temple. Hezekiah knew where to go when trouble hits. Those of you that are watching, you got to know where to go and who to talk to in the time of trouble. Hezekiah knew where to go and he knew who to get counsel from. Who is counseling you in trouble? Where are you going in trouble? Hezekiah is giving us a blueprint of where we're to go when trouble hits. It's not the time to stay locked up in the house. It's the time to seek God. Get in your face before God and say, God, I got this. Spread it out before him. He sent his team, Hezekiah sent a team to the prophet. And I've come to tell you, right now, will the true prophets stand up and prophesy the word of the Lord concerning what this situation that we're in. Well, I'm not talking about these fake prophets that ain't, but come on here, come on here, come on here. You can prophesy one time and you think you a whole prophet. You walk in the office of a prophet. No, 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 no. Everybody should prophesy if we got the Holy Ghost. But I'm talking about those that actually walk in the office of a prophet. Isaiah was a true prophet of God. And he gave the word of the Lord to Hezekiah. So again, who are you talking to? When crisis hits, 
Where are you going? Because it's easy for us. It could have been easy for Hezekiah to stay in distress and get depressed. That's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to be stressed out, but, but, but stay stressed and don't go to God and give us lockjaw. We are in a time now where all of us need the prophets to stand up and prophesy. And I wish our president would allow a true prophet to get on TV and say, thus saith the Lord. Verse 5 in chapter 19, God is basically telling, saying, don't be afraid. God's going to handle him. He's going to handle him. He's going to handle it, whatever your it may be. And there shall be a deliverance from this dilemma. It's going to be a sweatless victory. It's going to be so sweatless you ain't even got to fight. Because you did most of you did your fighting on your knees, spreading that before him. Now let God do the dirty work. Ooh. Touch your neighbor and say, this is going to be a sweatless victory. Get on your knees and fight in prayer. And God's going to release, hallelujah, his angels in the earth realm. Come on here. But I must tell you, I must tell you that the vehicle of prayer invites God into the earth realm to work on our behalf. Now, I'm sure God is hearing from a lot of people he ain't heard from in a long time. Let me tell you something. God does, not, does know how to use trouble to get us on our knees. Because as long as everything is fine and we can do what we want to do when we want to do it and who we want to do. I had to throw that in there. Now everything on lockdown, can't go nowhere, can't do this, we're restricted. Now you ain't got nowhere. God says, now I got you in a tight place where you can't look nowhere else but, but up. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from, oh my God. I got two minutes and I got to go. King Sennacherib now sends a third time. He sends this letter uh, for immediate, for, to intimidate furthermore the king and to make him faint, telling him you don't need to trust in your God. Your God can't save you. Look how stupid this man is. You a whole man created by a whole God. And you gonna tell me not to trust God and he ain't gonna deliver me? Mm, that devil is a bald-faced liar. Telling him you don't need to trust in your God and I got the military strength and I've never lost. I've always won and every victory that, you know, every war that I've had, these are all facts again. But truth says the Lord is our refuge and strength of every present help in the time of trouble. Truth says in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Never let me be put to shame. Truth says surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and only a spectator will I be at the reward of the wicked. Hallelujah. Again, the vehicle of prayer. And let me tell you, let's look at, the, let's look at Hezekiah's prayer. There's, there's four things I want to I point out in this prayer. There are four requests that we need to look at in this prayer, in Hezekiah's prayer. Number one, bow, he told God, he said, bow down your ear and hear. That's number one. He said, bow down your ear and hear. But before that, he begins to worship God and, be tell, and tells God who he is before he got to his request. When you come into prayer, you've got to, you've got to woo God. 
You've got to talk nice to him. You can't just go in there saying, I need this and I need that. No, you've got to honor. You've got to adore him. You've got to worship him. And then when you begin to make him swell, he begins to come. He said, oh, I like what I'm hearing. And he begins to bend down his ear. And that's why Hezekiah said, bend down your ear and hear. Number two, he said, open your eyes, God. Number three, he said, hear the words of the enemy. Number four, he said, now save us. Again, I got to, because I got excited. I want you to write down Jehovah Maganunu. Somebody said, Jehovah what? Jehovah Maganunu. How do you spell Maganunu? Maganunu. M A G. I-N-N-E-N-U. Somebody said, wait a minute, preacher, say that again. M-A-G-I-N-N-E-N-U. It means God, our defense. You need to type that on Facebook. God is Jehovah Maganunu. He is my defense. So Hezekiah, again, he was in a dilemma because of the fear of possibly losing his kingdom, which included his people, and possibly losing his life too. The thought of what could happen if the enemy attacks, and that's what's going on now. The thought of what could happen because we're still listening to all this negative news. But I got good news, even though I, I just said, even though it's facts, but we got to stand on the truth of the word of God, that he is the deliverer. He is the very present help in the time of trouble. He is Jehovah Maganunu. He is our defense. He will not let us fall. Will you stand to your feet and Tell somebody he ain't gonna let us fall. He ain't gonna let us fall. He ain't gonna let us fall. He won't let us fall. God always wins. Hallelujah. And we sung and we sang a song around here, and it said, and because God is the greatest power, we shall never, never be defeated. Hallelujah. When you touch your neighbor, said the devil is a liar. Hallelujah. God is exalted. Hallelujah. We shall never be defeated. Hallelujah. When you touch your neighbor, I wish I had somebody right there and said, God is exalted. Hallelujah. The devil is defeated. God is exalted exalted and we shall win uh, and the Bible says as I read earlier and it came to pass will you touch your neighbor say it's gonna come to pass it ain't come to stay but it's coming to pass just to touch your neighbor say it's coming to pass it's coming to pass and it came to pass it's coming to pass and it came to pass and it came to pass and it's coming to pass and it came to pass and it's coming to pass and it came to pass and it's coming to pass and the word of the Lord says and it came to pass about to say nothing that at midnight something about midnight something about midnight I remember the story about Paul and Silas who was quarantined in the jail cell they couldn't go nowhere they were locked up locked up in chains hallelujah but the only thing the devil they forgot to lock up is to lock up their mouth I can't hear nobody say nothing and the Bible says that at midnight Paul and Silas begin to pray and worship God and all of a sudden I can't hear nobody say nothing an earthquake came. Hallelujah. My praise is my weapon. Hallelujah. God will come and see about his children. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord shall deliver us out of them all. Say, I will not fail. I will not die. God is my deliverer. Clap your hands and give God glory. He shall deliver us out of this dilemma. And the Bible says that an angel came at night and slew 185,000 
Assyrians. One angel. All God needs to do is send one. Kill the thing, the people, the it that tried to kill them. Saints, and those of you that are watching, live streaming, God saves his people. God will save his people. Those that are in covenant relationship with him. God can be trusted to keep his promises. He is a, he again is a covenant keeping God. And because God always remembers covenant, even when we act crazy, he yet remembers covenant. And because he had a covenant with the children of Israel, he was obligated to his covenant. And I'm telling you that when you're in the ark of safety, and that when you become a child of God through Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life, and that's the only way you can come to God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus Christ is what we need in the middle of this crisis. And if you are a backslider watching today and you need Christ in your crisis because you're turning to every other little God to try to satisfy how you feel, your depression, smoking and drinking and doing all this other kind of stuff, you're trying to fill that void that only Christ can fill in the middle of crisis. You need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And those of you that are watching by streaming on today, I want you to repeat, repeat after me the Lord's this prayer with me because we want to ask if you may not be saved today and you're like, like you, and you're like, God, what am I going to do? God, what am I going to do? God said the first step is to acknowledge my son Jesus Christ that he came and to die for you. He died. Well, well, what if I sin? What if you don't? And if you do sin, he's a forgiving God. But you got to learn how not to sin by getting in a good Bible church once you get saved. You got to get in a good Bible teaching church, hallelujah. And you got to get filled with the Holy Ghost and let God continue to wash you. I want you to repeat after me, those of you that are watching, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Blot out my transgressions. Blot out my iniquities. Wash me in your blood. I accept you, Jesus, into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I will serve you the rest of my days. Audience, will you clap your hands for those that have come into the kingdom of God? And guess what? And because you have now accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have benefits that already start right now. As soon as you walked into the kingdom, just like a job. Some jobs you have to wait 30 and 60 and 90 days. But when you step into the kingdom of God, I can't hear nobody say nothing. Your benefit package starts off immediately. And so God will rescue you right now because you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. Now, don't you turn your nose up at him when this thing turns. You better get into somebody's church and you better serve the Lord. You better get in your Bible and start 
reading. Come on here and give God your full attention while you're locked up in quarantine in your house or wherever you are. Thank you for joining our podcast today. If you would like more information about our ministry or if you would like to sow a seed, visit us at www.twfcdallas.org.